0: I mean, generally, I have a strict policy that I will not consume uh, anything that I have scanned. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right.
0: You're listening to Reason Together, the podcast
1: for Christians who think about stuff. I'm your host, Daniel Fox, here along with my great friend Thomas Balsamo. How are you, Tom? Doing well. Good. Having good. a and good
0: and busy day. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Doing well. Just was looking over the... Um, list uh, of, of things. I noticed that we had a bit of follow-up and uh, just quickly looked over one and noticed that we had a new listener. Maybe there's other new listeners out there, and if you're new to our podcast, I want you to just uh, to know that we're two uh, friends, Christian friends, who have enjoyed the conversations that we've had in the past, and uh, there seems to be a—would you say there's maybe a dearth of reasoning together in our in our day? And— uh, yes. And or, sure. or people af- afraid to reason together. And so you've, you've found the podcast with two friends reasoning together, and we want you to join with us, give us your feedback. We want to thank our patrons who support this podcast, and they've gone to patreon.com slash reason together and signed up for support on some level on a per-episode basis, and we want to thank all of you patrons for your support.
0: Yes, and on that note, we do have a new patron to announce, uh, and Wonderful. that is uh, Tim. Tim is a new patron and he has Tim. signed up at the elite level. Elite, wow! Thanks, Tim. Fantastic. Yep. Free T-shirt coming your
1: way. Reason Together podcast T-shirt.
0: Yes, it's wonderful yes. to have you on board, Tim. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Uh, That's also, right, and he also
1: gets access to the back the uh, the after show right correct. as an elite patron. Yeah, not only a new T-shirt but uh, early early access and then also a bonus uh, kind of episode after the episode
0: yes yes you get it all when you're uh, in the elite (laughs) (laughs) um also if you have something you'd like to send into the podcast a question or feedback or follow-up or criticism or or whatever you have um be sure to send that into reason together podcast at gmail.com again that's reason together podcast at gmail.com uh we have had a number of people um with the same request for our 100th episode. <laughs> is I'm not right? going to say what it is yet, maybe, but okay. Um, okay. It, it was your idea, actually, that you mentioned to me off air.
1: Really? Do you remember okay. that? I uh, I remember maybe mentioning something, but right off the top of my head, oh, okay, should I say what it was?
0: If you want to. I wasn't was going to say it sort because of a... I didn't know if you wanted to say it or not. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I I don't totally remember was it some sort of like a video montage or like a uh or a, or just an audio like uh a smattering of clips throughout the No, you know? no, there wasn't no, that one. No, okay, no, I it was don't Is the remember. one
0: we were and and astute listeners will catch this. Is the thing we were going to do but then we put off for a little while. Remember that? Really? Yes.
1: yes, fantastic. So, if we can if I got this right, if and if we can get them to agree, uh-huh. We are going to have a special uh, couple special guests on that episode, right? Yeah, if we is can is that make what it I'm going to talk about? Yeah. yeah, if we can mm-hmm. make it work, fantastic! Yeah. Several so several
0: requests for that.
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. So people are like, we're, we're, we're tired of you after 100 episodes. Let's get some, uh, some, uh, you know. Um intelligence. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. Uh, uh. <laughs> um
0: No, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. So if you are listening and have any suggestions for our hundredth episode, something different and fun and interesting and unusual, whatever you have, uh send it to reason together podcast at gmail dot com and we'll see what we can do for our hundredth episode.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Well, um, just a quick catch up. I know that you've been working on a big uh, uh, renovation project. Yes. And uh, and so you got quite a bit done on that, I'm sure. I, are yeah. you as far as the drywall?
0: I uh, haven't gotten as far as the drywall yet in okay. the dining room. Um, the insulation, vapor with, barrier, uh, all that. With us reopening a lot of things in the state now, um, uh-huh. surgery cases, uh, elective surgery cases are up, which means my schedule is busier now. Um, yes. so, um, I think, let's see, this week alone, I will be at three different surgical centers. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's even more than usual. I mean, this be, wow. Yeah. Traveling a little bit with those. So, uh, um, yeah, so it'll be a busy week with that. So it's kind of made some of the, uh, construction process a little slower. <laughs> right.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, um, what do we have to, uh, to jump into here. I mean, I'll, I'll let you kind of pick and choose because we've got quite a bit.
0: Okay. Um, let's see where to start here. All right. <laughs> May, can I throw out just one suggestion? Sure. The Moxie. Oh, uh, yes. Why don't you just why don't I we was deal with that? actually just honing <laughs> in on that one. I was just honing in on that one. So we talked a couple episodes ago about uh, Moxie, just as an interesting aside, I guess. Um, Which was like a motor <laughs> oil,
1: basically, that was like distributed as a uh, as a beverage,
0: kind of? It, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, awful tasting soda by uh, many people's accounts, but I, I happened to like it. And uh, okay. I let my boys try it, thinking they were going to hate it, and I wanted to see the expression on their faces. Um, and uh, and they liked it, too. So, <laughs> oh, well. Um, <laughs> but I told them, don't get used to it. We're not buying it. <laughs> um, so... This is from uh, one of our patrons. This is from Justin. He says, uh, Hello, Pastors Fox and Balsamo. Another terrific episode. Thank you for the thought-provoking discussion. Moxie is certainly an acquired taste, one that I haven't acquired yet. I wanted to share that up here in Maine, there is an entire Moxie Festival, (laughs) moxiefestival.com, that is held each year in Lisbon, Maine. There is a bit of connection to Maine as the original creator of the drink was born in Union, Maine. From what I can tell, it is one of those drinks you either love or hate. No middle ground. Lots of people take it pretty (laughs) seriously up here. As for your discussion about an elected official making decisions opposed to his constituency, I think you were both headed in this direction, but the founding of our republic was not so that we could vote for a list of issues but rather for a person who we felt was of high character and would make wise judgments. Hmm. Unfortunately, today, we tend to look at candidates as a checklist of the things we feel strongly about. And if there's enough yes checks, then they get our vote. Perhaps this is because there, there are what appear to be fewer candidates that we would consider having high character, being beyond reproach and holding biblical wisdom. If in public office... I could never see voting against my conscience other than perhaps in some type of compromise. Not sure about that. If I crossed my conscience, I would see that as voting against the character of the constituency. Um, the should, character, that the, the constituency. Con- character that the constituency, constituency should have uh, voted for in the first place. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then he gives an idea for the 100th episode, which uh, is exactly the thing that, that you had suggested. Yeah. So yeah. He was one of the people that that brought it up too.
1: Okay. Uh, mm. So, first to address the Moxie Festival. Yes. Um, when I went to college in our town, they had a Liver Mush Festival.
0: Oh. Doesn't that sound appetizing?
1: I mean, what what if maybe they combined the two
0: and had like a Liver Mush Moxie Festival? Liv- liver Mush. Isn't liver Mush. It, is that the same thing as like Liver Wurst? <laughs>
1: Honestly, I don't know, because I don't think I ever really came in within 50 feet of it. Oh, really? <laughs> I, mean, I, just like, I just drive by and like, oh, my goodness. You I, know? Yeah. But I never even tried it.
0: No. Huh. I mean, generally, I have a strict policy that I will not consume uh, anything that I have scanned. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> That's right. And, and livers It was the being, name of an organ. Yeah, livers being a common thing that gets scanned in... in Radiographs and or radiology, uh, I typically don't eat it, but I'm kind of a fan of liverwurst. I, I don't mind that.
1: Really? Yeah. So. Wow. Do you do you like liver? Like people say, liver and onions. No. That's kind of like a big deal. No, no, no don't. I, I don't really care for it either. I mean, I can choke it down now and then. I guess it's supposed to be good for you, which, yeah, is a little hard to understand sometimes. But yeah. Uh, anyway, like, hey, there's this uh, there's this uh, poison filtering system in your body. Why don't we? Think about eating one out of a cow or something like that. You know, just anyway.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: okay. But to his discussion about uh, elected officials, that's interesting. He makes the point that if if I voted against my conscience, I would be—he's saying essentially less of a man of character, which is why they voted me in, because I was a man of character. So essentially they're voting me in to obey my conscience. That's a good point. I mean, it—, it, it it seems like what he's saying there. I mean, assuming that people would have that perspective of it. But I think he's right in the sense that really isn't it... And, I, and I, it, it's down to the list. Like, yeah. well, he will stand for this list of things. And honestly, I think in the last election, it was even less than that. Um, maybe right. not so much a list as just a feeling that, you know, he, he uh, embodies my feeling toward government or not. <laughs> you know, right?
0: Know. <laughs> but- and, and and I And I kind of doubt that most people um, think as deeply about the structure of why they vote, what they vote or who to mm-hmm. vote for, uh, as Justin, uh, has indicated that he does, um, mm-hmm. that, that I think is a rare thing. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Justin makes. Thank you, Justin. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Um, let's see what else here. I want to get our patrons in here first, uh, if we can. Okay, this is uh, from one of our patrons from Omar, and this is follow-up to our episode on uh, did young Jesus have to learn things? Mm. Oh, yes. Yep, that was that was <clears throat> neat. And, and this is thought-provoking, so I'm going to see if I can go a little slow when I get to these points here. Um, okay. This was an interesting conversation about young Jesus, says Omar. Uh, of course, there's always the question of how much Jesus emptied himself of his use of divine attributes in Philippians two seven through eight,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there can be no doubt that he did set aside at least some of them. Tom's point about the Jesus lack of, Tom's point about Jesus lack of omnipresence was a good one, I thought. I would take verses like Luke 2.52 to say that Jesus had to grow in knowledge just like any other child in school. That being said, I'm sure Jesus was the perfect student, and so I imagine he learned much more quickly than his <laughs> classmates who would goof off during class. Uh, and and this, is where it gets, uh, this is where it gets really interesting. Um, I would like to get your thoughts on Isaiah 50, four through 5 in relation to this topic. We know that it was Jesus' practice to go early in the morning to have a time of prayer and communion with God the Father. Isaiah 50:4 through 5 seems to prophesy that the Messiah would receive daily instruction from the Father and would be obedient to that instruction. Could it be that in his humanity Jesus relied on these early morning communications with his Father to receive daily direction? I realize that these verses are rather obscure, but note that the very next verse is, uh, Isaiah 50 and verse 6, is the only reference to the Messiah getting his beard plucked out, yet everyone accepts that as actually happening to Jesus as part of the crucifixion. Can I stop you for
1: just a second and read that passage? Sure, go ahead. Okay, Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, "...the Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary." He wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned. Then it goes on to say, The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. That's where he's referencing that uh, messianic verse there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, go ahead.
0: Uh, Omar concludes his email by saying, I'm not dogmatic about this interpretation of Isaiah 54 through 5, but would appreciate your thoughts on it. Um, so one of the points that Omar made here is basically that uh, we we accept the truth that Jesus had his beard plucked out. Um, so why wouldn't we then also accept as part of this messianic prophecy that um, where it says the lord god hath given me the tongue of the learned that i should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary he waketh wakeneth morning by morning he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the learned
1: well i mean honestly i would have to just kind of uh, look at the original uh, language there a little bit to see uh, if that would kind of help me in understanding what that's saying exactly with the wakeneth morning by morning yeah. uh, to to hear as the learned mm mm-hmm. mhm um, though I don't, I mean, I guess on its face, what he's basically saying is that what you were applying to his early childhood, that he had to grow in knowledge, that that application essentially continuing on through his life, that he needed a daily knowledge from the father. Is that essentially what he's saying? Yeah, I think that's what um, he's order getting to, at,
0: that, that yeah. he went to the father for daily instruction and communed with it, the father in that way.
1: Instead of saying um, he knew at age 30, you know, everything he was supposed to do for the next three years, and so when he said, I'm, you know, doing the will of the Father, I'm doing the work of the Father, it's because he's he's, he's known it. He knows every detail of it. He's just working it out bit by bit. That would be the contrary one, I guess. But he's saying, no, instead it's a morning by morning, uh, yeah. you know, here's, here's what here's my will for you and what I want you to be doing. Yeah. So I don't know that there's necessarily a problem with it, but no. I can't really speak very... Uh, deeply to it without analyzing, taking some time to analyze the passage.
0: Yeah, me neither. I wouldn't be dogmatic about it, but it does make you yeah. wonder about what Jesus meant in John chapter 5, um, verse 19, where he said, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what mm-hmm. he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father which, loveth the Son and showeth him all things that he, that Himself doeth, and He will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Okay,
1: so I but I thought your your original answer to that question in that episode uh, was really neat, where you said that He was submitted to the will of the Father, and I don't remember exactly how we drew out all that, but just that constant submission to the will of the Father. Um, and his nature, of course, is that he's never going to sin. Is just is he limited, in 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 some way in knowledge? Whether that was at the beginning of his life or throughout his life, is he limited in some degree of knowledge? And there wouldn't be a wrong, would there, in saying that he was, uh, if he if he was limited in respect to when he was going to return? Could he be limited in any other knowledge? Though we know it, well, he wasn't limited in all knowledge, because he knew what they were thinking at times, uh-huh. so obviously it wasn't you know a complete limitation there. But um, so you so yeah. you're saying the John passage kind of goes along with what he's saying, maybe that again he's seeing the Father and he's he's just kind of what were you saying there with the John
0: passage? No, I was saying when uh, what when he, Jesus said in John chapter five, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. For what mm-hmm. things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Again, indicating somewhat of a, a learning position of, under, under the Father. Hmm. Um, further illustrated by John seven sixteen, where Jesus said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Hmm. Um, fascinating uh, parallel, if, if those things are certainly paralleled.
1: Interesting uh, discussion. I don't, I don't think I have anything maybe very cogent to add. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Sorry. Uh,
0: I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, pulling out some cross references here that seem interesting mm-hmm. enough to, to fit it. But again, am I? I don't know that. I'm like Omar here. I'm not going to be super dogmatic about the conclusion of Isaiah 50 uh, verses 4 through 6 there. But it certainly mm-hmm. seems interesting considering those passages in John.
1: Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Omar, for trying to for digging deep there. As one one fellow in my church said, uh, "plowing deep."
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one, Omar. Thank you. Um, let's see here. This is from. Um, this is from Allison, and uh, and she says, um, uh, "This is episode ninety four feedback." She says, Hello, I've been enjoying your show for over a year now. Thank you so much for all your great content. I look forward to each new episode. As you were discussing the timing of the return of Christ and whether it has to do with the last soul being saved, this verse came to mind. Second Peter three in verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But his long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm-hmm. <clears> I don't point. know if he's waiting for a specific person, but his long suffering definitely plays a part in determining the timing. Hmm. Excellent point. Yeah. Um, she good. goes That's on here. Let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. And then she offers some uh, suggestions for the 100th episode. The 100th. That's right. Same as Justin. So, really,
1: all right. Yes, good. <laughs> we'll look into that. I appreciate that comment, though. That uh, that was a neat thought. And I I'll say this: my uh, my pastor, senior pastor, has been preaching uh, kind of end times related material, and and in a quick fashion, not like a real long drawn out. But I mean, he's covering a lot of territory, and and uh, a bit of revelation. But you know, it's really been. Um, whether it's, it's things just finally sort of clicking and like it's the right timing for me and fitting into the grid of what I knew. But um, but it really has been fascinating because he's going through, you know, things that happen, um, you know, prior to the tribulation and things like that. And, and the point is, while the rapture is imminent, it could happen at any time, uh, the rapture is not what starts the tribulation. You know, the signing of the covenant is what mm-hmm. starts the tribulation. And... Um, and it's been interesting to see that there are a number of things that happen. Uh, if you look at, you know, the ten horns and the one horn and the three horns, you know, and all that. And you just kind of, you compare all those things. You realize there's going to be a number of uh, things happen. There's going to be phases. There's going to be the globalization phase, you know, the one world government. But then it appears that it's going to split into a ten kingdom stage. And then mm-hmm. one, you know, one kingdom is going to rise up and conquer another two or three. And, you know, but what, I'm, what was interesting is that we might live through part of that. Um, we might, because again, the the actual tribulation or the seven years, put it that way, it doesn't start until the signing of a covenant with Israel. Correct. Um, and obviously, sometime prior to that, the rapture will happen. Right. But uh, but we might be going through some of those phases, such as the one world government and things like right. like that. To, which
0: to be clear, yeah, what you're saying, you're not saying. And I, I know you're not saying this, but just for the sake of um, yeah. the third chair, yeah, please our clarify. listeners here, you're not saying that we're going to, that Christians will be here beyond the point of the rapture or that the rapture no. will take place at the end of the tribulation. Um, no, 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 no. You're saying that there are events that take place circa the beginning of the tribulation that cannot be right. so instantaneous. They have to be building up over time and then culminate at the beginning of yes. the tribulation that means then we will be present during the culmination.
1: Possibly. Now, uh, the the rapture isn't dependent on those events. It can, again, happen at any time. It could happen before those events. It can happen right. during those events, towards the end of those events. But it's obviously going to happen, you know, prior to the signing of right. the covenant and the beginning of the tribulation. Yes. But it just goes to sh- show you that we just—we're so um, kind of uh, ingrained in the concept of our American liberties, mm-hmm. you know, and— and, uh, and and we struggle. You know, you and I have even kind of struggled in on on, on some of these episodes. How how do we um, you know balance the Christian and the American and liberties and mm-hmm. and obligations as Christians? <clears throat> but to realize that if you know if we are here for that part of prophecy that says we move into a one world government phase, that means that has to be to some degree the de- denationalization of America, mm-hmm. and um, and so we have to come to terms with. What am I going to do as a Christian in that environment? Mm. You know, it, it, it's not about, um, well, I stand up for my American liberties, because those might really change significantly. Um, it's what, how am I going to be the best Christian I can be if there isn't really an America like I know it today? Mm. Um, you know, anyway, if that, if that makes sense, is to say that, you know, our, our Christianity <clears throat> trumps our citizenship because those circumstances might change, but we always have to be a Christian. Yes. And, uh, and so we just may need to prepare ourselves mentally to say, ultimately, how do I best live out my Christianity, liberties or not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So,
0: That's certainly a, a difficult thought. Um, it's not a fun thought no. uh, to think about. But uh,
1: and, and it's not to say that it's going to happen in the next two years. Uh, you know, we feel like at times, oh, man, things are getting yeah. so bad. Obviously, we're going to... But if it does happen, you know we have to realize, wait a minute, I'm still a Christian. I still have the promises of Christ. Yeah. I still, you know what I mean? But now how do I be a Christian in this environment? Yeah. And I, and I thought about that when she brings up, you know, him not waiting for the last soul to be saved. And that was, again, um, uh, that was a good comment she made.
0: Yes, yes, thank you, Allison. Um, I have often wondered about that, though, with how quickly it seems in uh, the prophecy concerning the time of Jacob's trouble, how quickly this one leader seems to unify everything. The, uh, mm-hmm. the the man of sin that is the the antichrist, um, how quickly he seems to do that, almost logically would need a build up period in which the pieces are being put together mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the rapture takes place, and then he just kind of swoops together and unifies it all um, at some point after the rapture. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's it's an interesting interesting discussion. It is, yeah. And if they're interested in in his preaching on
1: that, um, it would be on our Facebook page, which I think is at First Baptist Wayland, or on fbcwayland.org dot uh, org sermon page. Uh, of course, if you see the Facebook live, you'll see his PowerPoint along with it, mm-hmm. and kind of see the outline because it's a lot of information through there. But mm-hmm. anyway, if they're kind of wondering what is he talking about, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, there's a lot a lot to eschatology. Yeah, um, but well, you know. I'm
0: sure it's. Um probably on a lot of Christians' minds right now with Mm -hmm. everything that we see going on right now in the world Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. with how quickly the news cycle has moved from COVID now to George Floyd and uh, all of the riots and uh, protests that are taking place around the country. Um, People are probably wondering, does this have any relationship to to the end times? And, And of course, there's no there's no sign that we need to look for specifically that the rapture is going to happen. Um, right. There, right. There's. It, it's imminent. It and it's. It'll be a surprise when it happens. <laughs> it's, yes. Yeah. So, but it does make you you wonder. Uh, are we getting close? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there was some listener feedback because we had mentioned the riots that are going on. Uh, it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was a question that you had, or mm-hmm. or a comment, but uh, this is some anonymous follow-up on the riots this listener asked to be uh, anonymous uh, and they said uh, i appreciate that you broached the topic of riots in a recent episode those who are rioting argue that they are being ignored and that the only way they can make their voice heard is by doing something drastic while i am totally against this kind of violence i think it is interesting to see that this idea is not without biblical precedent." Uh, in Judges fifteen one through six, Samson felt he had been treated unjustly by his father-in-law, who refused to let Samson reunite with his wife. In a desperate move, Samson caught three hundred foxes, tied them together, and put a torch between their tails to burn down the Philistines' fields. <laughs> in Second Sam, you know, <laughs> Samson, that bastion of moral character and goodness. Um, That's right. Uh, I'm offended that it was foxes, honestly, that <laughs> the foxes' tails were lit on fire. Uh-huh. I mean, no other animal? Come on, please. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, he goes on here in his, uh, his email. Uh, in 2 Samuel fourteen twenty eight through 33 For two years, King David had refused to let his son Absalom into his presence. In desperation... Absalom burned Joab's fields in order to get Joab to plead to the king to accept Absalom. Obviously the Bible shows no endorsement of these men's actions. But we have to ha- but we but we have to admit that these actions did accomplish things. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just thought I'd throw that into the conversation and I was curious your thoughts on it. And that is from anonymous. Thank you anonymous. Yeah, thank you. Okay. You want to go first?
1: Well, sure. I mean, I, I think he, he was correct in that uh, just because they're stated doesn't mean they're stated as a, a desirable precedent. It's more of a historical precedent. Right. It's merely that this has actually happened. Somebody said, hey, you're not paying attention to me. I'm going to burn down your field. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I got your attention.
0: You know. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's not arguing that these are, are instances that are prescriptive, that this is how you're and- supposed to handle problems.
1: Right, and I don't disagree that handling it that way does get people's attention, that it does accomplish things. Um, But for a Christian, you know, it's just how is the right way to handle things, and I think the issue, uh, to me, the underlying issue is is a created narrative. um, That part of my issue is that what we're actually arguing about or what people are arguing about, they're getting all angry and destroying and looting, besides it being kind of, you know, patently illogical and absurd— um, as far as like, uh, you know, we need, we need to stand up for each other. So I'm going to burn down your business. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but, but is, is that they, is the problem they actually think is going on. Yeah. You know, um, the thing that makes yeah, them feel I'm,
0: justified in destroying the property of anyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's because they think there's a systemic racism. Maybe which for, maybe define what you mean by systemic for the sake of those listening who might not understand what you mean by that. Yeah,
1: meaning basically that in general, we could say as a generality, white people, you know, as a skin color are racist and that you, and and especially that you don't even the, know it that you are especially that yeah, maybe that's the case. Yeah, is that um, yeah, or or yeah, or you just don't admit it you know i don't know and or but and then they kind of hone in on the police department obviously the majority of the police department they're saying is is racist because this one man did this thing it's obvious mm. it is obvious that they're racist but it's so lacking in to say okay that happened to be a guy with white skin and a guy with black skin but what about a guy with black skin against black skin what about guys with white skin against guys with white skin i mean those sim- similar things happen and of course the death is 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 terrible but to just Uh, act like there's, like, like there's this huge racial divide, what they're doing is they're bringing up the race thing, and they're the ones bringing it up, and they're the ones making it a problem. I, my, my two, a couple takes I have on it, number one is that uh, we talk about white privilege, and I get it that, you know, there's been a time, and you might be able to point to certain things and say, it looks like certain people favor white people. Well, again, there's bad apples, and there's bad Mm -hmm. actors, and, and, and you can't, we can't root all of those out yeah. of society on on either side. So, we, so we you, concede, you're going to be able to. F- we would
0: concede that oh, yeah. there are still people in this country with racist sentiments. Sure, yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. But I just don't think
1: that that is the uh, the defiant the, the poster child of what the actual what the country is. No, you know, and um, no. and to, so so to say, white privilege to me is is cre- again creating a narrative that in in all ways and in and in huge ways you know whatever that white people just by being white are privileged and um Anyway, so I, I guess I, I, I want to say uh, yes, I am privileged. You know, I'm privileged to have come from a you know a, a nuclear family. I'm privileged to have grown up in the Midwest. I'm privileged to be an American. I'm privileged to yeah. uh, have have been saved by the Lord Jesus. And that privilege doesn't have to be just mine. It could be the same privilege of anybody of any skin color yeah. if they'll if they'll listen to the word of yeah. God and they'll submit to it. You yeah. know, that's not it's not inherent to my skin color. It's just, I have been blessed, and I'll acknowledge that some people have grown up in some difficult, adverse circumstances, but again, if they'll seek out the Lord and they'll submit to His will, I guarantee you they're going to experience privilege, too, and that's not their fault. It's not a bad thing to have a privilege, you know, to be in a privileged position. That's called being blessed, you know, Mm -hmm. and God tells you the the ways in which you can be in a situation where you are blessed. Yeah. yeah, and, and that's a choice at a certain point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, certainly there's many choices that go into it. Um, you mentioned something I think in particular that was really uh, good there is that you came from a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And I, I have heard it said, and I, I tend to agree with it, that, that the breakdown of um, fathers in the homes uh, in our country is one of the leading things that uh causes what we might call inequity um mm. or, i'm sorry not inequity mm. but inequality we can inequality. say that way. Hmm. yeah because hmm. there, there is a difference between inequity and inequality which which remind me to get to that in a minute but um yeah, okay but the, the idea of fatherless homes seems to be very very prevalent in black yes. families and um, I don't know why that is. And, and of course there are fatherless, uh, homes that are white as well, but I don't know why. I don't know why it seems so prevalent in black families, but fatherless homes seem to be a major contributor to families not succeeding and people not succeeding, individuals not succeeding in general it is not growing up with a father. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> to get back to the point of inequity and inequality, um, I- inequality, I think, is a given in any society, America or otherwise. And and by inequality, I mean, no, nobody has the same amount of wealth. <laughs> not everyone has the same amount of wealth. Not everybody oh, right. lives in the same neighborhoods. Uh, not everybody has the same things. There's there's going to be inequality. Um, inequity, however, is unfairness. Unfairness. And I can't think of any policy or prescription or governmental body or organization in this country that promotes the idea of being inequitable to (laughs) people with a different color skin. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any evidence that there are any like that. In other words, like you said, the opportunity and privilege is available to all who will make good decisions. And and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I, I just don't know that... Um, riots are really going to solve that (laughs) at all. It's not contributing to help the inequality that people are, are, are saying is so, uh, unjust. Um, but the idea of the rioting to get back to the original question, uh, from anonymous here is, you know, there were biblical precedents here, or at least instances he says in which this happened, uh, did they get things done? Like he says in the email, (laughs) yes, they did. Uh, <laughs> however, we live in a civilized society. Right. Um, I mean, we, we live in a country Which... that's amazingly blessed, governed by the rule of law. And the fact is, if if something, if no one's listening to me, I still need to follow the proper channels and and live accordance in accordance with the rule of law. Um, just because I think no one's listening to me doesn't give me the right to go break their windows.
1: Right. There are, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there there are approaches that we can take. Yeah. Right. When you live in a yeah. a law abiding, a uh, law uh, a, a governed society. Right. Right. You know. And even in that society, I mean, one was Samson. Yeah. That was those were some uh, kind of turbulent times there. But the other one was David. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was still a lawful economy, but it was just Absalom decided. I you don't know, like how long. Uh, uh, what's his name? The general, you know, was taken to get back with him or whatever. Joab. So I'm just going to burn Joab. Okay, uh, I'm just going to burn down the field or whatever. Well, even in that society, that should have been said. Hey, come on, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're being a jerk. <laughs> yeah, but uh,
0: yeah, and and I do think, like you pointed out, the motivation is really different uh, in both of those those cases than what we're seeing in America right now. Um, it's uh, it's a terrible thing when you're you're thought to be guilty of something when you've done nothing wrong um i've been uh, teaching through the yeah. book of job right now and uh it's interesting to see how awful his friends were to him um when you really start mm. to study through that just some of the things they said when you don't read through it yeah. quickly and you read through it slowly yeah. you're like wow yeah. they really called yeah. him like, a hypocrite they're, they're calling him a hypocrite they're calling him a phony they're telling him that his his children's sins had something to do with all of this happening. I mean, his, mm. his deceased children now he's they're just slandering him. I mean, just awful things they said to him. But then what's fascinating to watch is Job stick up for himself. <laughs> yeah. And there's literally a case in which a man is being accused of something he did not do. Um, and they're like, Well, you did some sin well can can you can you show me what i did no uh sorry but you you must have did something <laughs> you know and it's like we're seeing the same thing today just because uh you you happen to be white you're now thought to be racist
1: right or if you support
0: right. the rule of law or, or police departments you're thought to be racist and it's like can can I'm... you point to anything that i've done that's racist well you're racist and you don't know it and you, cause you've did, de- cause you have because you do not agree with me cause you
1: deny it. Therefore, you know, that's just a sign of that. You are what I right. said you are. <laughs> isn't that,
0: uh, isn't that known as a Kafka trap? Have you ever heard of that?
1: Oh, this name sounds familiar, but I don't Kafka remember. Trap. Uh, I mean, I don't know what that is. Basically
0: so. you're denying my accusation proves that you're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's maybe Google that and check that out and make sure I'm not wrong. But yeah, that, that's a Kafka yeah. trap. I'll go look yeah. that up. <laughs>
1: so that's interesting. Um, yeah. And uh yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know that those situations mm-hmm. in the Bible are synonymous with what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Um let's see. Oh, is, while we're on that subject, there is a question that I had here. Um there have been comparisons that I have heard online made to the rioters and mm-hmm. Jesus overthrowing the money changers <laughs> tables in the temple and i have i have an answer for this and i'm, I'm well, gonna let you go first and i hope you don't steal my thunder go <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: well i mean i'd already heard what a few months ago that he was an illegal refugee or something okay. like that and that um i don't know there's some other political way <laughs> that they drew jesus and <laughs> he the was picture. a socialist like, he he was one of oh yeah maybe that's it he's a socialist and he was a uh he was a refugee and okay okay uh, all right, so um, the rioting to Jesus overthrowing the money changers' tables. Uh, I, the, the question that just comes to my mind is obviously that he—what <laughs> he's working from is uh, a a biblical—and and really, obviously, he is God, so he knows what God is thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's working off a totally biblical basis there. He, he actually says, okay, you are perverting what this was meant to be, mm-hmm. and he knows exactly what it was meant to be because— He's the one that ordained it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is how I want to be worshipped. You aren't doing it my way. You're making an absolute, you know, uh, monopolist crime out of it. You know, whatever. You're just you know, taking advantage of people. This is not what was intended here. Um, and so to compare it to our current writing is totally off the wall because yeah. in in our in our current issue, what's going on has really, you know, like a shred If you even want to say historical evidence, yeah, historically, were were there slaves? Obviously, there were slaves. Have we grown out of that? Yes, Mm -hmm. we've grown out of that. Uh, Has our country grown and developed and progressed? Yes, 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 it has. So to say, uh, to to actually cite a real problem, like you're saying, and again, we go back to the word systemic, that this is an actual problem and a perversion of what the original was intended to be. no, I just don't think the basis yeah. is there.
0: No, well, I, the comparison, I think, is totally off, and you can solve that all with one simple question. Okay. Whose house was it?
1: Ah, good. Good, Tom. Jesus said, the Lord's my house.
0: father's house is a house of yep. prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. Yeah, he's literally um, talking about his own, his own possession. It's his own house. So right. in that case, who are the real rioters? Well, so it's it'd be the be money more like, changers
1: who are in there abusing the place. That's right. That's right. So it'd be like a business owner throwing the rioters out of his business exactly. and saying,
0: it's like me this coming is home. my house. Yeah. It's like me coming home and finding people in my house doing stuff with my house that they shouldn't be doing. Um, right. I mean, frankly, Jesus was justified to do what he did. And and I would be too if I came home and found people in my house doing something they wouldn't do. And, and Probably Jesus would have been nicer to you than I would be, um, but it's his house. <laughs> yes,
1: a- excellent point. Man, that's good.
0: That's amazing how like one
1: question can can like turn <laughs> turn an argument, you know, on a dime. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was good. Um, I have to ask you this: uh, Is that? I don't want to like just unnecessarily. In, sometimes you know in in a debate you want to you want to talk about substantive issues and so i just don't want to throw in something like this you know red meat you know i showed you something but i do have to point out this you know sometimes you see in in fights and in arguments these like what we call the elephant in the room i guess or this <laughs> glaring this glaring inconsistency
0: mm-hmm.
1: well <clears throat> i see one uh and there's probably many but i see one in this current social movement here um, because it's purported that black lives matter. And again, we account, we ask what along with, you know, millions of other people who denies that, you know, who denies that black lives matter. But my, but my question is, um, or, or my statement is unborn lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we're going to, but those same people, election cycle after election cycle, after election cycle. Now, not 100 percent. I know that. Yeah. But I would say a broad swath of those people that are currently rioting and things like that, if they voted, they voted likely for candidates who were pro-murder. Yeah. How many millions of, of black children were never born?
0: Yeah, and it is disproportionately because- black children that are aborted.
1: Yeah. And, and, and who was raising a stink about that and looting business and saying, oh, these black babies matter. No, did anybody say that? You know, no. um, n- not really. I mean, not in any way that, that the country would pay attention to. But now, because, you know, a man who did have a, you know, a, a you know, a record, a rap sheet, was unjustly killed. And <gasps> now, all, all of a sudden, these lives matter. Well, they have, they've mattered all along. Right. And and, um, and I just say, what, what, what about the, what about the thousands that are still being killed? Or uh, what about that? You know, yeah. um, I just think we're, we're looking right past that because we don't, well, well, that's something different. Is it something different? Yeah. Those are lives too. Those are innocent lives. Yeah. Those are, you know, uh, anyway. Well, I think, uh,
0: I think the agenda is, is certainly not to protect black people. The, uh. The, the Black Lives Correct. Matter movement, the agenda is not to protect black people, but it's rather, I think, personally, mm-hmm. to destabilize the country. Mm-hmm. Um, because oh, if, if you I can... not s- disagree with that. Yeah, if you can suggest that everything about American history is racist and all the, the predominant, you know, all, all the prominent white people today, you know, they got there because they're racist and, you know, everything <laughs> is wrong with, with America. If you can try to say everything's wrong with America, then the next logical step is, well, no more America. Let's just... Turn everything around. Let's change everything. Mm-hmm. Um so I think the whole efforts of the BLM movement is is really in, in an effort to destabilize this country and make it something that it was never intended to be.
1: Yep. And it's and it's built on a false narrative. I'd have to kind of re-reassess mm-hmm. that. Wouldn't you say, I mean, yes. obviously if it's saying that that, you know, well, America has, you know, foundationally been this, it's always been this, and and and, and as yeah. you say, we have to destabilize in order to change it because you know, it's just structurally bad. Yeah. Well, okay, that's a narrative. Yeah. Well, and a false one. All right. Well, sorry to wow. get so political. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, oh, so if you have any feedback, or you say, "Hey, let's um, let's get off of politics," or "Let's stay on politics," or "Let's deal with something different," you can give us topic suggestions at reason together podcast at gmail dot com. That's reason together podcast at gmail dot com. And if you are a patron. Uh, We typically try to handle those questions first, give them priority. I think we have more feedback yet to come, but we don't have time yet this episode Mm -hmm. uh, to deal with it. Uh, But once again,
0: thanks for listening and uh, coming on board. Yes, yes, we appreciate you being here. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.